G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, always good to get an update on that breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. And the man who has his finger on the pulse continually when it comes to that breaking news, Ron Ross, our Israel and Middle East reporter joining us once again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, on the eve of the U.S. presidential election, there are tensions from all around the world and security authorities, no doubt, uh, for the entire election process in the U.S. will be a little on edge given various threats and some of those coming from the Middle East. Uh, Let me in on some of the details as to what's happening with ISIS and their calls for the slaughter of U.S. voters on election day. Yeah, Rita Katz, the director of Site Intelligence Group, has warned the Americans that ISIS is calling for these terror attacks. Uh, the terror group is also urging Muslims to avoid the democratic process, claiming there's no difference between the parties when it comes to their policies against Islam and Muslims. Last week, U.S. intelligence officials warned about an increased terror th- threat from al-Qaeda in New York, Virginia and Texas ahead of Election Day. Local law enforcement agencies are ramping up police presence out of an abundance of caution as a result. On November the 5th, the Islamic State via Al-Hayat Media released a seven-page article in English threatening American Muslims if they vote in the election. Most of the article is directed at Muslims in the United States lashing out at them for participating in the process and warning them of consequences of their actions. It accuses all American Muslims who vote of apostasy and heresy and calls on ISIS supporters to spill blood if they do not repent. Similarly, it calls for killing crusader or Christian voters, including women, who it says are no longer mere wives serving crusader husbands and raising cross-worshipping children, but female voters who are part of the democratic system that decrees that crusades be waged against Islam and the Muslims. The article concludes with the threat to the elections praying that Allah will make this year's U.S. presidential election a dreadful calamity. Certainly a need for prayer there. And, yes, a prayer that those security personnel will be on guard at polling booths. Uh, It is a scary thought. Uh, There's another issue to do with Israel, and, Ron, you might be on top of this. When it comes to the way that people in Israel perceive the relationship between the United States and Israel, it usually comes down to the sorts of relations that are built between leaders, and when there's a potential change for a U.S. president, that all comes into focus. So Israel, dual citizens, they're thinking that Trump's better for Israel but they are leaning towards Hillary Clinton anyway. What are your thoughts on the feelings about people uh, and their thoughts about the president? 
On the day before the Americans head to the polls to elect a new president, a survey published today reinforced findings that a clear majority of Israelis prefer uh, the Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. The poll, commissioned by Army Radio and conducted by Shalev Millwood Brown, found 41% of Jewish Israelis favoured the former Secretary of State, while just 31% said they preferred Trump. Some 7% of respondents said they supported neither candidate, and 21% said they had no preference as to who should be elected to the White House. The poll was taken on November the 5th. So a very interesting situation there with the dual citizenship, a very big deal in Israel. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has warned his cabinet people uh, not to show any preference either way because he said Israel's ties with the United States would remain tight regardless of whoever wins. Uh, Ron, your thoughts uh, more personally, uh, under Obama, uh, people have, I've heard commentators say that the uh, relationship between the US and Israel has been weakened because of uh, President Barack Obama, and I suppose more of the same under Clinton, but uh, what are your feelings about Trump? Uh, Would he be better for Israel? He'd be very much more direct. He's made all sorts of promises uh, to the Israelis. He said he would definitely move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, uh, a move that would absolutely shake the Muslim foundations. Uh, He's made overtures towards them, and in many cases they prefer him. Uh, But there is a very close link uh, going way back in history uh, to the Israelis and uh, the Democrats uh, because of the support they received during World War II from the president at that time. And so it's very hard to break that link, and uh, it would seem that the preference remains with Hillary Clinton, although in some the heart may be with Trump. Let's move to a focus on what's happening between relations between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, There's a play here. The Palestinians uh, wanting possession of the Dead Sea Scrolls at UNESCO. What's the story? Yes, the Palestinian Authority is preferring to lay a claim to the Dead Sea Scrolls at the United Nations Education, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO. Uh, This is another provocative and audacious attempt by the Palestinians to rewrite history and to erase our connection to the land, Ambassador to UNESCO, Carmel Shema Hakohen, said. The Dead Sea Scrolls are factual and weighty archaeological evidence of the presence of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, she went on. The scrolls are large cache of mostly Hebrew writings from the Second Temple period and its immediate aftermath were discovered in Qumran between 1947 and 1956. They include many biblical texts and are believed to have been penned by members of a Jewish sect known as the Essenes. So uh, knowing the bias within UNESCO, this will be interesting to follow. I imagine the geography is important there too, Ron, because Qumran is actually in the West Bank, and that's a Palestinian territory. Is that their claim, do you think? Yeah, Qumran is near the Dead Sea, and earlier was under British and later Jordanian rule. Uh, At the time the scrolls were discovered, it's now located in Area C of the West Bank, which is under Israeli 
civil and military control. The Palestinian Authority considers Area C to be part of its future state. Let's talk about the European Parliament, Ron. They're supporting Jewish property restitution. What's that story from overnight? It's the World Jewish Restitution Organization uh, have received significant support uh, this week from the President of the European Parliament and the British Government for fully endorsing the return of property stolen from Jewish victims during the Holocaust and World War II. President of the European Parliament, Martin Schulz, announced his full support, saying, I am fully committed to raising awareness of the Holocaust and atrocities committed against the Jewish people in Europe. Schulz also added that he fully supports the implementation of decisions by the European Parliament regarding the return of stolen property. That will be a major, major decision uh, if, it's simply, uh, uh, if it comes to pass. And Ron, let's finish on a very important note. Uh, there are some big symbols of Christianity around the world. Uh, those primarily around about the Middle East and whether they be cities or whether they be structures that have been erected, uh, whether they be churches. Uh, there's an obsession, though, that Islam has uh, with overtaking some of these symbols of Western Christianity. What's the story that's breaking? Uh, Giulio Miotti is a journalist, an Italian journalist, who writes for Il Foglio and is also a twice-weekly columnist for a root sheba in Israel. And he's just issued a report, and he speaks about uh, the fall of Constantinople. With that fall, imperial Christian tradition in that region was eclipsed, and Istanbul's Church of St. Sophia, for some thousand years Christianity's greatest cathedral, was turned into a mosque. There were four capitals of the Roman Empire, Rome, Carthage, Alexandria, and Antioch. Only the first still belongs to the West. Islam took over all the rest. That is why Islamic State, ISIS, released the first issue of a new magazine called Rumiya, calling in it for lone wolf attacks in the West. Rumiya is the Arabic word for Rome. The Caliphate is obsessed by the idea of raising its black flag over the dome of St. Peter in Rome. In its propaganda videos... We've seen the Colosseum in flames and flooded in a sea of blood. Abu Muhammad al-Adnari, the late spokesman for the Islamic State, said. He said, we will conquer Rome. We will smash your crosses. We will reduce your women to slavery. The Caliphate would like to see St. Peter's Basilica meeting the same fate as Mosul's churches where the Caliphate erased any trace of Christianity or the Green Church of Tikrit. It's a, a, a frightening threat, uh, but one they've already accomplished. It's in progress, and so one we need to resist with intercession and spiritual warfare. They are big words, but it is scary to think that that is a goal and one that needs to be in the right context and resisted, and particularly from the point of view of Christianity and uh, and uh, who's on the Christian side. Uh, that's one of the big debates that's going on as well to protect uh, not only those landmarks but all what they stand for uh, with regard to their uh, historical value. 
Uh, Ron Ross, our Israel and Middle East reporter, always good getting your insights into these issues. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.